So, I've got some great news. Y'all knew that my wife was due this month, and now it's baby time at the Osborne House. I'll share details in a future episode, but because life's a little bit crazier than usual, this week's show is going to be one from the archives. Wait, we have archives? Not really, but this is one of the first episodes that Bobby and I recorded, and we were saving it for a time just like this. Since it was one of the first ones that we did, it's a little rough around the edges, but we think you'll still love the content anyway. All right, let's do this. All right, you are listening to another episode of Above Average, the podcast for big families. Uh, this is the show where we talk about life in a big family, life with a big family, and the ups and downs and all arounds and all that good stuff. I am Lance Osborne, your host, and I'm here with... Bobby Earhart. What's up, everyone? That is Bobby. Bobby's a really good friend of mine. Bobby is a father of four, and my wife Sarah and I, we are a father... <laughs> we are a father... And a mother. Fathers. Yes. We are we are <laughs> parents of four going on five. So anyway, this is the podcast where Bobby and I talk about all this stuff. Sometimes it's super interesting. Sometimes it's super funny. Sometimes it's a little deep. And um I, I think tonight's episode, we're gonna cover a lot of those realms. There's a, a lot that's associated with it. Um in this episode, we're gonna talk about how family size in childhood apparently affects marriage success as an adult. So think about your kids now, and if they've got a bunch of siblings, and they probably do if you're listening to the show, if you've got a large family right yeah. now, right? Think about your kids as they start getting married. So in their 20s or in their 30s, when they're getting hitched, then think about 20, 30, 40 years down the road. What does that look like? What is marriage success for them? And there's this study out there that Bobby and I have found, and the study kind of unpacks how family size in childhood, so as kids, apparently affects this marriage success as an adult. Uh, so spoiler alert, I'm going to cut to the chase. For the most part, the more siblings you have, the more likely you are to have a marriage that lasts. How cool is that, Bobby? Have you ever thought about that? I haven't until the article, but once I read it and put some of my own thought to it, I was like, huh, it kind of makes sense. And I'd like to, I'd like to unpack that a little bit. So before we start digging in, you know, I want to say, look, we as parents, Bobby, you and I, we're aware of the benefits of the big family, the benefits for the kids, the benefits for the parents. You know, it, it keeps you close. It keeps you not, it keeps you united. But let's be real. When we're talking about this stuff with our friends, it's kind of nice to have some hard proof that sometimes a big family offers real benefits, actual benefits. We can say, look, statistically speaking, you're more likely to have a more healthy marriage, a more successful marriage longer term if you were raised with a bunch of other kids. If you had a bunch of siblings growing up, chances are you're going to have a marriage that lasts. So anyway, where this is coming from, there's this article in Psychology Today, and it's written by Susan Heitler, who's a graduate of Harvard, and she's got her clinical psych degree from NYU. And in, in this article, she's mainly talking about this study. It's from 2013. Uh, it was a study and a presentation by Douglas Downey and Donna Bobbitt-Zare, who are sociologists at OSU, Ohio State University, or the Ohio State University. If you know anybody from, from Columbus, they'll probably correct you on that. So anyway, whether they're from OSU or NYU, these people are smart. Uh, they're all PhDs, uh, and I would say to a certain degree, maybe they're a little bit smarter than me and you. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, maybe. A little bit. 
We'll say just barely smarter than me. Bobby's going to give him a smidge right there. <laughs> no, that's one thing. And uh, talking about, you know, the, uh, the broader thing of what Bobby and I are doing just for a second. Uh, again, we are not doctors, pediatricians, psychologists, therapists, any of that stuff. We're just two dudes, but we are passionate about our families. We're passionate about the fact that our families just happen to be, to be big. We like talking about this stuff and we, we like improving our families. Yeah. So we have some serious, uh, OJT. What are they, we're, we're, we're always on the job learning. On the job training. On the job Bam. training. That's our whole life, right? That's right. That's right. So part of that is being able to reference some of these folks, these PhDs, and this work that they've done. Um, so anyway, both the Psychology Today post that we're talking about it and the notes from the actual study. For me, again, it's so fascinating because everything is fact-based. This isn't something where somebody's like, oh, I'm just going to go off my gut reaction. These researchers, they analyzed surveys of over 57,000 adults from childhood, or I'm sorry, about childhood, about family size and about marriages. Again, this isn't a gut feeling thing. So it's really fun to dig into this going, okay, here's a positive thing about the big families. I'm, if you can't tell, I'm excited about this. No, so cool. anyway, very cool. So we're going to unpack some of this stuff. We'll talk about it. But if you want to check it out for yourself, uh, we've linked to both of these studies, both of these articles over at aboveaverageshow.com. Quick side note, I actually called and spoke to one of these researchers. Uh, while I'd like to say that it was to go deeper on the research and to ask her some more questions about the clinical approach or whatever, it was really just to ask her how to pronounce her last name. So Donna Bobbitt. And you talked to her? Thanks. Yeah, I called her this afternoon. Super nice lady. You talked to her, like the, the, the lady. Man, the paper. So the paper's posted on OSU's website, and I found her name, and I was mm -hmm. like, oh, we're going to talk about this. It wasn't just the Psychology Today article. I actually found the study, and I saw her name, and I was like, oh, we got to talk about this. How do we reference this? I can't say her last name. I want to make sure that I say it the right way. So anyway, I uh, used some Google Foo, came up with her number, called her, and it was like she was just sitting at her desk. Hey, this is Donna. Oh, hi, Donna. This is Lance. And anyway, we talked for five or ten minutes. Yeah, no, no, no. Tell me, well, tell me a little and us a little more about that. What did she ask anything about? Like what? Uh, you know, I, you had to say why you're asking, right? What'd she say? Yeah, yeah. I just said, hey, my friend and I, we are uh, both fathers of big families, and it's something uh, that we're passionate you didn't about. Give her my name. <laughs> There's this guy. <laughs> Keep going, yeah. But uh, yeah, I just said, hey, here's what we're doing, and we're we're passionate about big families. We're passionate about talking about it and learning about it and growing our families and growing other people's love for big families and all that. So here's what we're doing. We came across your study, and we thought it was awesome. And again, I, I didn't ask her anything statistical or whatever. It's just like, and the reason I'm calling, how do you pronounce your last name? So we went back and forth on that for a bit. So she just she just gave you her name, and she didn't. I mean, I'm not assuming she would have or wouldn't have, but did she say, oh, that's cool, uh, great, or? She said, yeah, absolutely, that's cool, that's great, and here's my name. And I, <laughs> I kind of checked out her bio a little bit, and Donna, if you're listening, thanks again for your time earlier. Um, but it looks like she researches a bunch of uh, gender studies, and I don't know, maybe the way that um, being male or female affects your wage or whatever. So it's, it's a very broad umbrella. In the sociolo sociological mm -hmm. world, I guess, 
if that's the right term. Right. But uh, this was one thing that she wrote, and she co-authored it with this other gentleman, Douglas Downey. And she said that he has done a lot of studies specifically on the big family aspect of what your education looks like. So how you perform in school and how big families affect that. So that might be a topic for a later time. Uh, it almost sounds like this would be a great guy to interview or uh, if nothing else, just look at some more papers of his. Anyway, yeah, but cool. I digress. Yeah, yeah. Back to the study at hand, back to tonight's topic. So here's some yeah, facts. Sorry, that's my fault. No, Thank no, you. it's okay. It's actually kind of a fun story. And again, I thought it was neat that she just answered the phone. So anyway. That's so you too. If People, people got to know that's such a Lance thing to do. What? Just call her. Why not, right? It's just, I don't know. No, I know. I love, <laughs> I love that about you. I mean, I, you know, you wanted somebody's autograph, so you mailed them something and they sent it back with an autograph. I mean, I just don't think to do that stuff. Yeah. It's cool. If you want something, just ask. Ask with us. Lance smile. Osborne, everyone. Thank Lance you. Osborne. Thank you. I'm, I'm taking a bow <laughs> right now. Back to the study. Yeah. So just some facts so you guys can know, like before Bobby and I start to, again, unpack this, walk through how... Uh, maybe we have some personal experiences with this or what we've seen or what our feelings would be on it. Again, let's go back to the stats. So in a sample of 57,000 American adults surveyed at 28 points between 1972 and 2012, this is not a fly-by-night study. This thing went on for 40 years. So it's actually got some some academic weight. So 40 years, over 40 years, 57,000 American adults, the researchers found that just 4% had grown up without any siblings. Of the 80% who married at some point during the period studied, 36% had been through a divorce. You start running the numbers, and by the way, these OSU researchers, they didn't actually conduct this study. It's just a generic statistical study, but they found these correlations in there about big families and the divorce rates. So this led to this big fact. Adults who grew up with one or two siblings, that is, in a family of four or five total, had pretty much similar divorce rates. Among those who had married, each additional sibling a person had was associated with a 2% decline in his or her odds of having divorced. Only children were not only less likely to marry than those with siblings, they were more likely to have divorced. Isn't that funny? Yeah. And it, there, there's a lot that could be associated with this. And again, the study, it digs in. It kind of took me back to some of my stats courses in college, that kind of thing, on the way that they said, well, this is a variable, but then... We've we've covered it right here, so that's there's no way that you know this variable a is negatively impacting what we're trying to say. So, for instance, uh, there was one element where they said, yeah, if you're an only child, it may mean uh, there may be a statistical correlation saying that you have less education or that you have less financial means. And while that's true, they kind of went through and crossed their t's and dotted their eyes to say, well, but we researched that, and even if you weigh that differently. The, the, what we're trying to say here, again, if you're from a big family, if you had a bunch of siblings growing up, you're less likely to be divorced later on or get a divorce later on, I guess, to put it more plainly, that still holds true, even with all those variables. Gotcha. So in a, another quote from the study, the group noted that at around seven siblings, the divorce prevention benefits of having additional siblings leveled off. So I don't know why that is. I don't know why that would be, but that might be something that we could talk about. But it leveled off. It didn't decline, correct? Didn't decline. Yeah. It yeah just, it's not it like just, pl- it now at, if you're the eighth kid or you had seven siblings, um, yeah, it just plateaued. It doesn't mean that you're more likely to get divorced at that point. It's kind of leveled off. But you saw that 2% tick, tick, tick. So, yeah. I mean, so, essentially this so is saying. If you're the, if you're the uh, if you're a kid 
if you're the oldest kid in the family, you're 24, you're engaged, you don't have to tell your parents to have another one. So that way your marriage will be statistically <laughs> in better shape. <laughs> mom, dad, come on. Hey, just one more. Hey, mom and dad. <laughs> I would not want to be in the room for that conversation. Yeah, right? Me neither. Hey, so I thought this was worth mentioning. Um, again, Donna, the lady that I spoke to, uh, there's a quote where she was talking about the study. And I'm going to quote quote her directly because it's really worth dropping in here. She said, we expected that if you had any siblings at all, that would give you the experience with personal relationships that would help you in marriage. But we found that the real story appears to be how family dynamics change incrementally with the addition of each sibling. More siblings means more experience dealing with others, and that seems to provide additional help in dealing with a marriage relationship as an adult. End quote. Yeah. For me, the proof's in the pudding right there. More siblings means more experience dealing with others. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, and I, may, I actually made some some notes, and I think we're about to unpack some of this stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, we can, if you're ready to jump in. I, yeah, what I, do you think on that? I mean, I think that it just makes complete logical sense. I mean, I, well, here's the other thing is, sure, I'm raising uh, a, an above-average family, but I was also in one. So I kind of get that just from, uh, I can relate to it. You know, like I, I sort of lived that a little bit. Uh, and, you know, it's, as you're living it, you don't get it. But when you look back, you're like, yeah, huh, that really did serve me uh, through relationships, whether it be you know, friendships with guys, girls, whatever. Um, yeah, I, I was adaptable. You know, all, all, there's a lot of things there that that kind of forced me into being socially rounded, I guess, if you will. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. You know, I don't know. I think that adaptability is crucial. I think that's a huge element of it. There are different ways that you can put this. You know, anytime you hear somebody talk about big families and the way that they acted later on as an adult from a child uh, who had a bunch of siblings, uh, they use the, it's almost a, a little bit of a cliche. Yeah, I had to learn how to wait on things, how to be patient. So if my sister was in the bathroom, I had to learn I couldn't get ready right at the same time because the bathroom door was shut and she was, you know, that kind of thing. So those cliches drop in, but I think they have, They've got real meaning. Oh, yeah. There's value. Tons of value there. Right. But that's just one thing. And you're sharing your toys more often. You mm-hmm. are waiting your turn for different for different elements. I don't want to say that only children, it's not a spoiled kind of thing, because of course you can parent one kid and not spoil them. But it's just the idea that if you've got a bunch of kids, if I want to go hang out with my oldest daughter, Katie Beth, that's going to be a big deal, that one-on-one time. And we can kind of mold her to expect as much. Hey, this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. So I'm really going to make this count instead of kind of taking it for granted or, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's any of my kids, that daddy daughter time or daddy son time, that one-on-one, it, it becomes really coveted. And I, I think you take things a little bit less for granted. Some of that just starts to impact all the different parts of your life. So whether it's, you know, homework, help or whatever, all that stuff happens in in childhood so you've got so much more time to develop that and work through those in addition to the fact that you've got more people to help you work through those situations Mm -hmm. oh i'd love to have more one-on-one time well yeah you don't have one-on-one time with dad but you've got one-on-one time with another big sister or whatever does that make any sense you see what i'm saying yes i do and i was gonna say also to your point on you mentioned that 
with one or two kids, you parents and I know parents that do, and and they they can and do a great job of teaching and training and I guess just raising their children to have similar uh, attributes, character traits that we're talking about right now. So, you know, let's say that again out loud. If anybody is listening, we're not saying that that doesn't exist for families that are less than, than four or three or whatever we're talking about. Absolutely. Less than, less than average, right? No pun intended. But um, <laughs> when you have more, whether you're intentional or not, it's, it happens naturally. Like it's, it's forced, I'll use the word unselfishness, right? Yeah. And we all, I think, could all agree that the world would be a better place with less selfishness, you know, not even coming from a religious or spiritual standpoint or anything like that. But in that, you know, when, you, when you're forced to think outside of yourself and help, whether it be your neighbor or your friend or your brother or your sister, uh, and that returns to you, then there's some sort of 60s love song coming in my head right now. And I'm so excited about it, right? Because we're all just loving each other. And that's just... That's true. I mean, you when you have uh, when you have four four siblings, you have to, like you said, you're waiting on the bathroom or whatever. That is a forced training in patience, versus a parent of one or two kids may not have to do that in the bathroom scenario, but they may have to intentionally push it in another way. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm maybe I'm sounding a little. I think we're saying the same thing. You just have more opportunities to navigate those situations and you have more opportunities at an earlier age and we all know Mm -hmm. you learn better you know you're more likely to actually become fluent in spanish if you started speaking spanish or trying to speak spanish when you were five as opposed to starting when you're 25 or 35 that's just that's just the way it is your brain is so much more uh, moldable pliable at that point and i think some of these Mm -hmm. social interactions or family interactions or whatever it really plays out longer term. It obviously plays out. And again, statistically speaking, that's the thing that I'm most excited about here. It obviously plays out in your marriage, but I would wager that it also plays out just with other adults, with coworkers. Now that's not, this isn't the the episode to talk about some of that stuff, but I would say that all these things that you're learning, uh, social cues and navigating negative situations or potentially negative situations, it doesn't only mm-hmm. help with, your mate who you're going to be spending a lot of time with, but it also probably helps when you have to deal with that coworker that you didn't necessarily want to deal with because mm-hmm. you probably dealt with a sibling that you didn't want to necessarily deal with, but you learned how to handle it. Yeah. 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 If you grew up having to, having to think about someone else, whether you wanted to or not, you had to do it. Just like you said, it's a gymnasium, if you will, of charity. You are working out in the arena of charity and you've got to figure that out or patience or whatever it is. And so when you get married, those are things that lend to good marriages when you don't put yourself, when you put your spouse before yourself and things like that, you know? Um, yeah. So, uh, I wrote down some, I'm going to rattle these off and whether we get to them or not, I just want you to hear them. So that way we can navigate through some of these. Cause, uh, I think some of them are good. I wrote, you know, you're less selfish. I wrote you're you're not lonely very often. We can we can kind of unpack that because oh. sometimes feeling feeling kind of lonely at times may may cause adult issues. Whatever I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe we need another study. I put socially yeah. rounded. I put adaptable. We've talked about a couple of those things. I put 
you kind of got to jump in and make yourself useful at times. You got to do something for yourself, you know? Yeah. What do you mean by that? I guess I mean, you can't wait on your mom or your dad to provide you a sandwich. (laughs) You got to go make one, you know, like you've got to be a little more self-reliant, I guess, in in many cases. Uh, And that can also lend to, you know, not needing to be codependent on your spouse or whatever, you know, uh, Figuring out varying personalities, you know, if you grow up with five or six siblings and all of us have different personalities, that's huge. I know, I think we're talking about doing an episode on personality traits and, you know, and I think that that's huge. If you learn that your oldest brother has to be spoken to this way, if you want him to take you to school, you know, or whatever, um, and then there's no time to be down and out. Maybe that goes back to the loneliness thing. It's, it's, there's so much you know, chaos going on. You don't really have time to like get in a pouty phase or whatever. And, and finally, lastly, and there's probably thousands more, but a built-in support system. And right. you, touched on, you touched on that a few minutes ago. So those are the things I said. I mean, if you want to unpack any one of those more, let's do it. You know? Yeah, that built-in support system, I think that one's really important. Before I really fully read the article, so like I said, I was I picked up on this through the Psychology Today article, and then I went and found the full-blown study. But as I was just reading through that Psychology Today article, I was thinking, okay, how does this apply? Am I seeing some of this stuff in my family right now? So I'm thinking about our kids. Uh, we have our fifth baby due in June, and at that point, Katie Beth will be almost eight. So I'm going, okay, eight-year gap. What does that look like? Not the day that the baby pops out, the new baby pops out, but what does it look like when that baby's two, Katie Beth is Mm -hmm. 10, or when that Mm -hmm. baby is four, okay, Katie Beth is 12. Yeah. Just looking at that shift going, and not that I need Katie Beth or any of my other children to become a third or fourth parent. That's not the goal here, but it's just inevitable that she will hop in and start to do things. And that kid, that baby will have that next round, that next maturity level or another mature person to be able to glean some of this stuff from. So whether it's the personality styles, whether it's the adaptability, whether it's uh, the self-reliance, any of that, I think that really plays well when you look at just the inevitability of if you've got a large family, it's very inevitable unless you had quadruplets or whatever, right? It's almost inevitable that you're going to end up with some of your kids having a really large age gap. And that means something. They're exposed to more mature thinking than just their parents. Uh, even if that just means observing and learning, maybe even from afar, from that sibling that's eight or 10 years older. So I kind of came to that conclusion on my own. And then I read this this post again, this the actual study uh, that was on OSU's website talking about this. And it went into it a little bit more. I went back to psychology today and Heitler, who was the lady who wrote wrote that Psychology Today post, I missed this part the first time around. Check this quote out. In large families, younger children receive loving attention from not just two parents, but many older siblings as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to stop the quote right there. I read that and I was like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I was thinking of with Katie Beth, except of course this PhD is going to put it much more eloquently <laughs> than just my brain kind of smattering everything together. Picking back up on the quote, if they fall down, many hands reach down to help them up. If they aim to accomplish a goal, whether it's learning to throw a ball or succeeding at a school athletic event, many siblings are there to coach and assist them. And many voices then chime in to celebrate their victories. Yeah. End quote. Awesome. Yeah. And, yeah. and on the other side, if you start to feel sorry for yourself, 
your older brother or older sibling or whatever might might just give give you that dose of reality that you need to like kind of get out of a funk or whatever you know i mean just right. within that quote there's so many different uh branches you or you the know. pat on the bat or the, the the kick in the tail and both are done from exactly. the from the side of love you do something stupid and you're there to get get punched in the face <laughs> that that'd probably be an older brother right but um <laughs> Anyway, right? Yeah, I think, and I think we need to note here too, just to kind of make sure we're we're taking this to the direction that the article kind of set us down, and that is all these traits that we're talking about to be good traits will serve you in marriage. They will serve you in matrimony. And I, to go back to the proofs in the pudding, uh, the stats are there, the facts are here. I can't see how any of this would not be true, you know? Yeah. And not only that, but how would it not be beneficial in your marriage? Self-reliance. Right. Exactly. Uh, knowing the personality styles, all that. Um, you know, I, I kind of said there are the tangential benefits of you're going to do better with your coworkers, but yeah, let's do come back to that person that you're spending 16 hours of your day with uh, that uh, yeah. sharing the bathroom with then later on having kids and them raising children of their own. If they end up marrying somebody who was not raised in a big family, does not have that flexibility, well, they then bring the flexibility to the table and they're able to talk about mm-hmm. this. And instead of it being an argument that festers and turns into something major, it's an argument that is probably mm-hmm. talked through, navigated a little bit better, walked through a little bit more mm-hmm. because of that person's experience. And they Ability, do, right. Yeah, and they do too. have real experience with it because let's say they're 25 dealing with a marriage issue or 35 dealing with a marriage issue at that point, they've got 25 years of experience being in a big family or, you know, whatever their situation was, you know, if they were the first kid that changes, sure. but you see what I'm saying? My point still remains. Uh, there was another quote that I wanted to mention real quick. This one cracked me up. Uh, this was a quote from the study. Uh, the study's findings provide quote, one of the few pieces of evidence that siblings provide value end quote, acknowledge the researchers. Yeah. So again, as parents of a big family, we innately know the siblings provide value. Uh, but man, it's so good to see it documented. <laughs> Even the researchers sound surprised when they say, yeah, this is one of the few pieces of evidence that siblings provide value. Well, of course they provide value. <laughs> of course they do. And we know that. And I'm not saying that these researchers are saying, wow, who knew that siblings were good? Well, right. it's not about that. It's just, again, the documentation this is really fun to see. Yeah, absolutely. So let's move on. Let's talk about some takeaways, Bobby, because I think there are some here uh, besides just my giddiness and maybe anybody else's giddiness over, hey, there's research that shows big families are good. Well, duh. But uh, there's more to it than that. So another quote, I, w- I want to quote Donna again. And she says, there's a relationship between the number of siblings and divorce, but it's not something that's going to doom your marriage if you don't have a brother or sister. So with all this caveat, with all this talk of, hey, this is great, I'm looking at the situation going, okay, technically I'm one of four, but it never felt like the big family. My brother was, my little brother was much younger. My older siblings, first of all, they're half siblings. Second of all, they're much older than I am. So I kind of ended up in this, this weird zone of, yeah, I'm one of four, but sometimes even large parts of my childhood felt like an only child kind of thing. So I'm thinking, oh, hang on. I didn't come from a big family. Is my marriage something that I need to be a little bit more concerned about? Again, from like a statistical standpoint, 
But hearing this quote right here, there's the relationship between the number of siblings and divorce. But it's not like you look at it another way and go, okay, is the opposite true? Right. The the adverse is not – there's no adverse effect. Yeah. yeah no, I, I get that. Yeah. No, I think it's a good point to make and especially if you're listening and you – like Lance said, you're either – had just one one brother or one one sibling, or you were one only child, or maybe you happen to be listening to the show because you just love Lance's voice, but you only have one kid. Hey, hey, um, hey. but <laughs> don't do that. It's such it's a great voice. You you got a, <laughs> you got you've got a face for radio, man. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I mean, a voice for radio. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> I was about to say. I mean, yeah, that was a backhanded compliment. A little bit of a dig. Sorry. Um, but yeah, the, the takeaway. So, if you're a parent of a large family, but you're not from a large family yourself, don't worry about it. Forget about it. So, Bobby, you want to take the next action point? Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about it. Uh, one, another one would be to remind your older kids, especially as they approach adulthood that they do have a long-term advantage in being from a big family. I mean, you can tell them, you know, when they're living in the chaos and they're like, this is crazy and I don't see any value in my younger sibling or why do I, why does he exist? You know, you can kind of uh, maybe playfully bring that in. What do you think? I think that you should start telling them that when they're three or four years old. Hey, <laughs> listen here, the toddler tantrum. I know it's because you're, you've got a bunch of siblings. But your marriage is going to be so much healthier yeah, yeah. because you've I can got just hear my wife. Around. Your father and I have thought about your marriage. <laughs> <laughs> now quit throwing a tantrum. Let me change your diaper. <laughs> right. No, I, I think the crucial part there, like the reason that we assembled this takeaway the way we did, and we put as they approach adulthood. So if you've got a kid that's eighteen, if you've got a kid that is in college and maybe approaching approaching thinking about marriage 22 years old you kind of let them look back on uh, what was my childhood like what was 10 years ago like or what was it like when i was five let them think through yeah uh, hopefully they've got mostly positive memories of all that but if they don't do say hey here is this other benefit maybe that can just be something that encourages them and in my my own experience and, and I hope, you know not to go down a whole other road here but in my own experience meeting Meeting people, whether they're my peers now or even I have some friends that have younger siblings, but they're all part of big families. I feel like those people, um, even way better than I ever did, they're just kind of unshakable. Like nothing really rattles them. And I think that's a really big trait to have in marriage because marriage is hard. I mean, we can just say that out loud. It's, it's hard. You know, It's worth it, beyond worth it, but it's hard. And you're going to get rattled and your cage is going to be shaken. And I feel like I've met so many people um, with just the, you know, within my realm of friends and family and stuff. When they've come from a big family and they're kind of on the other end of the adult side, like I'm 17, I'm, I'm 19, I'm 22, and I've got a lot of younger siblings or whatever, um, nothing, nothing shakes them. Bring it. They kind of have this yeah. bring it on mentality. We got it. We can handle this. And the article actually talked about that, you know, it talked about how like the, the kids can just be like, they, they roll with it. They roll with, with a, a personality. If uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to go too, too deep into something I can't remember, but I remember it talking about that. No, but that's exciting. And I, I totally see what you're saying. Another takeaway, encourage other parents of large families with this. Let this be a pat on the back, especially if you know they're having a hard time, if things are rough or whatever, help them see the forest 
despite the trees. Mm -hmm. The big picture, longer term, think, man, you've invested in your family in a thousand different ways. Here's yet another thing. And it actually, Mm -hmm. statistically, here's what's going to happen. Your kids are more likely to have healthy marriages themselves. Yeah. And man, doesn't that encourage you? Even look at my, my kids who are all much younger, you know, marriage, I hope has not entered any of anybody's head yet, (laughs) but that's still encouraging thinking, okay, man, divorce is such a sad thing. It's such, it's such a bad thing. It takes such a toll on not only the individuals involved, but the kids involved and all that stuff. If there's anything that I can be doing right now to make sure that they're doing everything that they can to set themselves up for great success, 20 years down the road, even I want to be involved with that. And this is one of those things, giving them more siblings, you know, aside from all the other benefits, here's another one. Yeah. So Bobby, interesting topic tonight. It was a good one. You got any final thoughts? Yeah. Just, I just want to piggyback on that last encouragement of others, just to kind of bring it to the real at the end, you know, having a big family, you'll find yourself pulling your hair out at times and uh, just feeling like, you're insane and you're going nuts. And Lance and I live in that every day. We get it. Uh, we don't sit around and drinking our coffee and thinking we're, this is so great because all of our kids are going to have great marriages. <laughs> you know, we are in the <laughs> trenches and, and just to go back to the encouragement thing, whenever you're finding that one moment, maybe you're finding it right now because you're listening to our awesome show. But whenever you find that moment of peace and you're like, Ah, things are great. I'm really happy with the way things are. And and I love our big family. You're not literally fighting a, a firestorm of, of diapers and schoolwork or whatever. You find that moment, then be able to share that moment with, with your family and, you know, with other families, you know, just to be able to say, and we're sharing that with you guys, that it's not uh, something that we sit back and kick our feet up and relish. And we're in the trenches with you guys. We get it. But here's another benefit that maybe you never thought of. I know I didn't think about it that much until, I mean, I never thought about it until tonight. And it's, it's really cool, really good stuff. That's one reason that I really like doing this show. It's because it's a constant reminder of, okay, challenge, obstacle, let's get through it. Let's figure out what we can do. How can we do a little bit better? Or, hey, here's this huge benefit that exists that we were unaware of. That hypes me up. That hypes you up. Let's go ahead and share that a little bit more. Anyway. That's one reason that, uh, you know, above average for me is really starting to mean a lot. Uh, and I hope you, the listener, I hope you enjoyed today's show. I hope you're enjoying what we're doing. Um, again, go check out aboveaverageshow.com to find links to the articles that we talked about today. And just another reminder, if you like what you're hearing, if you're, if you appreciate this, let us know, or better yet, please tell your friends and your family. Uh, word of mouth really is the best way to help us grow as we talk about how awesome big family life is and how to make it better. And we're going to bring this one in for a landing. Uh, Thank you so much for listening again. And thank you for being above average. Thanks, guys.